Hi, my name is Danny Morell, and this is Real Estate Sales, the podcast for real estate professionals and entrepreneurs that are on a path of daily inspired action leading towards success in every area of their lives. Get ready to once again break through and realize your true potential. Real Estate Sales Show, this one is exciting uh, because I obviously love interviewing uh, powerful real estate professionals, but today I get to interview somebody that gets it, right? There's not a lot of young folks out there, especially with all these crazy millennials running around out there nowadays, right? That think everything is free and don't want to work hard where here's one that gets it, is doing big things, and he's all the way from Canada, which makes it extra special because this is our first Canadian guest here on the show. Um, my friends, uh, please help me welcome Mr. John Sai. John, say hello, please. Hello, everyone. I, I didn't know that was the, I was the first, I'm the first Canadian guest. Thank you so much. What an honor. Yeah, you, you are, my friend. As a matter of fact, I'm going to send you a plaque to commemorate uh, you being the first <laughs> one. All right, buddy? Sounds good. So listen, um, I, first off, you're a listener of the show. Yes. Okay, good. So, so give me your feedback. How do you like the show? Dude, I just got so, so many notes from uh, so many episodes. Every episode, there's so much gold that I got to dig out. I got to listen to them over and over and over. And what a resource. And thank you for doing this. This is, this is the best thing, best podcast I've ever listened to. So uh, thank you. I love it, man. I love it. It's going to be awesome to um, see the show reach into Canada, which, by the way, we have a group of your friends that are going to be flying in to, 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 to be a part of Relentless. Is that, is that correct? That's correct. Awesome, awesome. So I got to ask you now, because we're putting together a superstar panel, will you be on the panel that day? At Relentless? Yes. I wish. No, I'm not. <laughs> Why not? Are you going to be here? Yeah, I'm going to be there for sure. June oh, the, 1st. Well, then I want to have you on the panel. Really? Yeah, let's do it. What an honor. Thank you. Yeah, let's do it, man. We're going to have a lot of fun. And uh, I know you guys are coming all the way down from Canada, so I have a special little treat for you guys after the event. But um, how about we do this, man? You know the way this works. This is all about bringing value to the real estate community all over the world and to business owners all over the world. And, you know, I, I, I want to pick your brain on a couple of things that have helped you accomplish what you've been able to accomplish. Tell me real fast, what part of Canada are you in? Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, on the West Coast. Okay, on the West Coast. Yeah. Okay, got it. Fantastic. And I know that you frequently visit the U.S. and you and you come in for a lot of um, a lot of events and a lot of seminars. Um, how often are you here in, in the U.S.? I would say monthly. Oh wow! Okay, yeah. great. Okay, mm -hmm. great. T tell me about that because I know part of your success has been your willingness and your ability to be coached, to get coaching, uh, to be surrounding yourself with the right people. Uh, what portion of your success do you do you kind of um, uh, attribute your ability to hop on a plane, make no excuses, get the job done, go to where the information is? I mean, have you always had that kind of spirit in you or is that something that you just learned? I'm always very coachable, in my opinion anyway. My coach would probably tell you differently. But um, the more I got involved with all the seminars, uh, with Mike Ferry, um, you know, prospecting school almost yep. six times last year. Wow. That would make up the six times. And then the other four times would be Florida retreat, um, superstar retreat, and the one-on-one -on -one production retreat. Wow. Excuse, yeah. John, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm for some reason picturing you in Riverside. Riverside? Well, did you ever come to an event in Riverside? No, I went to Glendale. Glendale. In 2013. You know, I was thinking, I, I just remember this, this Asian fellow like flying in from somewhere crazy and I remember thinking to myself man this guy is committed and I'm sure it was you I'm sure it was you Thank so you. so good all right John so let's get down and dirty with some of the basics here how long have you been selling real estate been selling real estate since July 2006 okay so we've got now what 10 uh, uh, time come July yeah yeah almost 12 years right yeah that's okay, right good good for you and tell me about the reason you got into the business how old were you back then I was 26 years old Okay. And I had just gotten out of um, a retail sales job selling jeans for the 
after I gotten out of uh, university. Okay. And um, you know, came across one guy. Uh, funny enough, in Taiwan, he handed me a book. He said, "Rich dad, poor dad, go and read it." Wow. And from there on, I just changed the whole tra trajectory of my life. Um, I don't know if Mike approves of that book, but. No. <laughs> so, so wait a minute, John. I I gotta ask you because I just did the math. You're how old? I'm actually not a millennial. You know I'm, what's so funny, man? I could have sworn you look like you're 23 or 24. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. I appreciate that. You, you were saying in the beginning of the show, young folks uh, <laughs> like like himself. I'm actually not that young. Wait, you're older than me. Then how old are you? I'm 37. Okay, no, you're just shy of it. Okay, good. All right, good. So you are, what are we? What are we considered? We're not millennials. We're Gen, what? Gen X, I think. Okay, there you call. go. We're yeah. Gen X. Gen X. All right, good. All right, good. That's because all the money is flowing through Gen X, right? That's right. <laughs> all right. And so how many transactions did you close last year, 2016? Uh, we closed 111. Good for you. 111. With uh, 38 pending coming into 2017. Okay, great. 111 with 38 pending. And what did you do in 2015? 15, we had done 85 close and I think it was about six pending coming into the year. Okay, great. 85 close and six pending. And last year, I'm going to ask you about what did you do 2014? 14. Uh, funny enough, I did only 54. Okay. Yeah. So it was a. a the past couple of years has been uh, big growth years, and um, I have figured out some systems uh, that I could implement, and by, my, by that I mean adding people. Okay, good. Okay, good. And systems, procedures, and obviously the market, um, it all added up. All my efforts for the past eight to nine years with MFO, it all just came together. Okay, good, good. Yeah. So, so let's talk about that, um, because I think for a lot of people, I'll tell you this because I speak to real estate salespeople on a daily basis. I know for myself, I don't know how to not grow, and I don't know how to not grow explosively. I mean, I'm constantly pushing the envelope, and I'm I'm constantly just growing. Right. Um, because I, I really don't believe that anyone with a deep desire to win um, can can stand still in terms of production, in terms of expectation, in terms of anything for 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 that long. And so that's some pretty phenomenal growth that you've been able to achieve. You've gone from 50 into the 80 above 111 or so. What's the goal for this year? This year is 125. I love it, especially with coming into the year with 30 some odd pending transactions. That's fantastic. Yeah, my original goal for this year was 150, and with the market being the way it is, uh, just to give an idea, on average, month after month, it's 40% decrease in sales. Mm. Yeah, so compared to last year, we're going to have a lot less sales this year. So Mike had me decrease my goal by 25 transactions. Okay, good. Good. So you wanted to go for 150? Wanted to go for 150, and you know the market, again, 40% off, he said if I was around 15% more than last year, I'm way ahead of the game. You're way ahead of the game, right. So I listen to Mike. Yeah. yeah. See what he says. I, I, I love it. I love it. So <laughs> let's let's start with this. Um, when, it, when it comes to the success of your business and when it comes to what you've been able to accomplish, give me three or four things that you attribute your success to. What, what, what would they be? What do you feel? Um, whatever comes to mind, whatever you feel, just chat with us, chat with a listener for a second. If you were to pinpoint two or three or four things that you say you'd attribute your success to, what would they be? For me, after being introduced to accountability was the consistency of my prospecting. Hmm. Right, following my schedule. Okay. And persistence. Okay. So uh, let me repeat that. So it's um, accountability, uh, consistency in your schedule, and persistence. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about the first one. Let's talk about accountability. Um, how has accountability played a role in your life and in your increasing production? Every year I started adding uh, more accountability the more I did. Okay. And, you know, because you tend to want to do things, you say, oh, I want to make 30 contacts a day. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's just like, I want to do it, but nobody's watching you. Right. And nobody's holding you accountable. Once somebody's watching you and you actually put money on it, you're going to do it. 
Okay, great. So show so show us the system because this is something that we've spoken about, but I want to start getting people the nuts and bolts. So how would people watch you? I mean, I mean, tell me, how, how does somebody hold you accountable? Give me an example. Okay, so now I have no problems with accountability in terms of prospecting. Now we have drinking accountability, alcohol. Okay. And it's just on our system. So I say, well, if I'm not going to drink, I'm not going to drink. But if I drink, I'll pay you $500. Okay, okay. Yeah. And okay. so... That's what we do. And for every area in your life, if you want to make it real, you put money on it and you have somebody holding you accountable. Okay. Yeah. So how many areas in your life are you being held accountable to right now? Almost every area. So I have a trainer. That's accountability. Okay. Yes. Trainer, right? Yeah. I have a therapist. That's, you know, accountability. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in the morning, we do these gratitude emails. I report to 20 people in those gratitude emails, right? So uh, for work, I have um, I have a lot, almost 30 accountability partners. In work? In work. So let's say I had to talk to for sale by owners, two contacts per day. I have to report by the end of the day. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So um, what accountability is to you is essentially somebody making sure that you're doing the things that you say you're going to do. Correct. If you eliminated accountability from your day-to-day -day routine, do you think you would be as productive as you are right now? Absolutely not. Like without a shadow of a doubt? My life would fall apart. It would. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty powerful statement. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, John, the, 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 the key is, and for those of you listening, I need you to pay attention to this. The key is, is that people think of successful people like, like as if they live in some mystical world. Right. But half the battle, guys, is just doing what you say you're going to do. Half the battle is just keeping those promises to you, to yourself. Like, John, like, for example, I, I have a group which is about, you know, 60 of our agents here at the company that every single morning, the first little bing goes off at about 3.30. And that's everybody waking up, checking in. Good morning, 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 good morning. Well, gosh darn it, I'll be the first to admit there's some days I don't want to wake up. But if I let these people down, that is massive accountability for me and it's massive pain to me because my life is all about helping other people grow. How can I help somebody else grow if I'm not willing to take it, be held accountable myself so that I've got to take a picture and post it in there and so forth and so on. You're doing the same exact thing. Is that correct? Not as intense as you and Anthony. I'll say that much. You know, every, every morning I open up Facebook and, and I'm looking at Anthony checking in at 3.58 at the gym. Yeah, Anthony is uh, 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 just a nut. He's a nut. Yeah, yeah. he really is. Yeah. So that, that inspires me. I'm not ready for that type of accountability that early just yet. <laughs> Eventually. Yeah, awesome. I love it. I love it. Okay, so tell me about prospecting accountability because I know there's a lot of people out there that would love to get on the phones. There's a lot of people out there that, you know, believe in it, that, that want to do it on a consistent basis. What does that look like for you? For me, accountability is um, when I start, uh, I text one person, Michael Ireland. Okay. And uh, he texts me in the morning, how many contacts, how many appointments set? Okay, let's go. Okay. And then... But we don't check in at the end of the day. I check in with 20 people at the end of the day through email. Okay. Right? Okay. And we have these WhatsApp groups for different kinds of accountability. Okay, cool. Yeah, so we check in all the time. I love it. I love it. So it's just so, – so how many people are holding you accountable right now in your, in your prospecting? I would say 20 people. Okay, 20 people. Good job. Okay. Um, how about in your time management? Because that's the second thing that you said – that you attribute your success to? I mean, how good are you when it comes to time management? I'm not as good as I want to be, uh, that's for sure. Okay. Uh, I tend to overwork. Mm. I don't have a problem getting into the office on time. I'm in there by 7 o'clock and I have free role plays. And those are accountabilities as well. Absolutely, they are. Yeah, absolutely. You got to show up. Um, I tend to overwork, so I, I work, I get into the office by 7. And many times I won't end until seven or eight, and that's okay. Monday to Friday. Okay. I don't have kids. Right. So it's just kind of my life, but yeah. I want to end earlier. Okay. So you need help with a little bit of the opposite. You want to get out of there a little bit earlier then. That's correct. Okay, good. I love it. I love it. All right, good. And so um, tell me, what does a typical day look like for you? So, so guys, I, I need you all to listen because... 
so far you've heard someone that says, hey, you know, I want to do what I say I'm going to do, but left to my own devices, my life would fall apart. So I need accountability. So hint, hint out there, guys. Get some accountability structured for yourself. That's very, very important. And then the second thing John said is, you know, time management is critical. Without proper time management, and, and I'm not that great at it, he says, but without time, proper time management, like, you know, it just wouldn't be the same. So John, give me an idea of a basic schedule for you. What, give me the outline. Okay, so 4.45, wake up, and I'll do my journaling, my miracle morning stuff, meditate, and I'll go walk my dog. I'm in the gym by 6. Okay. And then I'm done by 6.35, get ready, be at the office by 7. Three role plays until 8.30, I'm prospecting. Right? Okay. So I'm prospecting pretty much all the way till 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Okay. And my... Whoa, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. So you said you're prospecting till 4 in the afternoon. Okay, that means that you're starting at 8.30 yeah. and you go straight till 4 in the afternoon. Well, let's say if I have no – I have a lot of mastermind calls and conference calls and I also coach for Mike, right? Oh, okay. So between there, there's going to be these these other structures. Right. But once I'm off of those, I'm back on the phone prospecting. Okay, so so essentially one of the keys to your success is that you're just outworking everybody. Correct. I mean, you're you're literally you're on the phones that much, eight thirty to four. How many hours a day are you averaging right now? I'm averaging about four to five, so four point five, probably four and a half, right? right. Um, no less than fifty contacts a day. No less than fifty contacts a day. No less than fifty contacts a day. I love it. I love it. And on average, how many appointments do you typically set in a day? Uh, one a day for sure. For sure, no matter what. I'll, I'll set three to four. At prospecting school, different environment, I'll set on average eight to nine a day. Wow. Again, that's accountability at prospecting right. school. That's yeah. why I so much. Yeah, and so you, you fly in to go to prospecting school. That's right. And you prospect your leads from Canada in Las Vegas. Correct. I love it. Good for you. We're actually going to be there. We're going to be there in March, I think. March. But, yeah, but it's like a recruiting, you know, for, for broker owner. Right, right. School. Yeah, that sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, wow. So, John, so tell me, why prospect four and a half hours a day? And where did that come from? Um, again, I've just been told that I need to outwork my competition, and um, I'm willing to do that, four to five hours. And if I know that I do 50 all year round and I don't miss a day, right? the likelihood of me hitting my goals based on my numbers is very high. It's very high. Yeah, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Okay. I love it. I love it. As you're doing that for accountability, I'm coming in here and I'm noticing two gaps in my schedule. I'm noticing that to, uh, Thursday, um, I don't have anything going on until 1 o'clock. So I'm going to commit to you that I'm going to put in four hours of prospecting that day. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and type this in my schedule. <clears throat> and then we have our onboarding session on Friday for all the new agents joining the company. So I can't do it then, but you've got me. I'm, 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 you just inspired me. I'm going to go ahead and do that. And so I'll, I'll, uh, I'll maybe text you the results of what happened. Sounds good? Awesome. So, and, good. and guys, listen, this is the key to everything. Half of you guys out there are thinking about thinking about someday, maybe, hopefully, doing something that you hear on the damn show. The key is literally in the moment when you hear it, do what I just did, right? If something inspires you, take action on it, follow through with it, get it in your calendar. I wish you could see. Well, here you can actually. Well, I don't want to mess up my connection, but it's 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 in there right now, and um, and you know if there's any advice that I can give all of you guys is that is make immediate, quick and decisive business decisions. Very, very, very important. Expect things, demand things, and do things yesterday, right? Uh, what do you think about that, John? I don't know how many times I've heard make quick business decisions on this podcast from you. So it's constantly <laughs> on my mind. And uh, it, it could include, you know, making a decision on whether or not, um, you know, I should invest in this new, uh, you know, educational product. Right. It could be firing, could be hiring. Right. 
And the quickest decision I make every single day is after I get off role play, I'm not screwing around. I'm gonna make the quick business decision to pick up the phone and call immediately and get that just over with, eat that part right away. I love it, I love it. Guys, you can obviously see the intensity going on in the conversation right now. Josh, you're gonna love this. My man, John Sai from Canada, prospects four and a half hours a day. I'm, in, I'm interviewing him right now. So just, just wanna let you know, we'll look out for this show, okay buddy? This is one of our great agents, Josh, just walked by. But um, so, 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 so listen, John, here, here's a question for you. I mean, you're obviously wired or wound up in a way where you want to win. Um, you know, and I just got off of a live session with Alex Lair, who was just here at our office today. Um, and I asked him the same question because I know how important winning is to me. It's, believe it or not, money doesn't drive me. Uh, the, 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 um, no, nothing drives me like winning and helping my people to win. So you obviously are a competitor at heart. You're obviously somebody that wants to do great things. Have you ever thought about that? Is that something that's important to you? How important is winning to you? It's everything to me. It is. I am, I, I am a closet uh, competitor, I think. I, I'm very amiable, analytical by nature. Okay. But there's a fire inside of me, like if you try to bully me or anything like that, that fires me up. I'm going to. I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to step on the gas and I'm going to go full throttle until I can't do it anymore, and I'm going to win. And so you said something. You said you're a. You, so what's your personality type? You're an amiable analytical. Analytical. That's what Mike says I am. So. Man, you seem pretty driverish to me. No. No. Yeah, look. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. And so, um, and so, let's talk about that because I know. Uh, by the way, guys, if you don't know, there's four personality types. There's the um, amiable. There's analytical. Uh, there's the expressive, and then there's the driver. And the thing that most people make the mistake in doing is. And, and by the way, you need to be, get very, very clear on which one you are. And it doesn't matter which one you are, right? Like I have a friend named Jason. God bless Jason. Jason's my partner in my office in Downey. Right, Jason forever used to say, I'm an expressive. I'll tell you right now, guys, I'm a freaking expressive. Look at my hands, look at the way I talk. I mean, it just, you just can't deny it, right? Well, Jason talks like this, <laughs> and he doesn't move, and his tonality and his rate of speech is just very slow like this. So I'm like, Jason! <laughs> There is no way on God's green earth that you're a freaking expressive, man. It's just, it ain't happening. You're just, you're just, I'm sorry. And he would just fight me and he goes, no, I really am an expressive, you know? And so I'm bringing this up, guys, because, you know, if you're, if you're out there, I, 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 I this is awesome and that you're you're meeting an analytical which supposedly by nature is not supposed to be out selling because they're the types that think about thinking about thinking about thinking about someday getting started and someday taking action and and yet he's out there having success and so how have you been able to utilize your tools and your strengths and your natural giftings as an analytical to cause you success in the sales world that's a great question. Uh, it comes back to motivation and how bad do you want it? Yes, it does. Yeah. And, you know, when things get tough, you got to really think about why you started. Right. right? And, and, I, and I think back to how, you know, I was bullied when I, when I was growing up. So, you know, the naysayers, the, the haters, that they really, really drive me. Oh, okay. So when I think about that, um, it fires me up. So it gets me prospecting. And... And there's obviously deeper motivation beyond that. Right. Uh, so for me, being analytical, I'm thinking about doing this, doing that, and then being in paralysis, analysis. Right. But when I think about why I got started, I go. Got it. And I find every little thing to drive me every single day. I find um, if I think about one person that, that you know made me angry yesterday. Right. I actually use that. Yes. The positive energy to produce results. I love it. Yeah. Any little that. thing. Any little thing. Can you give me another example of that? <laughs> so if it, 
in my market. Um, yeah, it, yeah, go for I, it, man. Go for it. <laughs> not going to always have great agents. And, right. and some agents just really suck. They yeah. really suck. Yeah. And, you know, instead of having me just swear myself or, or get mad at him, I say, you know what, tomorrow I'm going to put more five more contacts in, 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 into my prospecting. Good for you. I'm going to outwork that person. Right. I'm going to make sure right. that I'll come on on top. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. And you know what, John, it's funny you say that because I think I might have mentioned this in the show back when I was producing. And, and look, even now as a broker, you know, when you are competitive and you want to win. And, and guys, by the way, and I'm, and I'm going to say this with, with sensitive, sensitivity because I know not everybody is running a company with, you know, that's going to do 4,000 sales this year. And I know not everybody is selling 100 houses. That's not the point. I don't care if you're brand new. The point is to tap into the spirit, to tap into the mindset, to tap into the lessons that you're learning on this conversation right now. And then just ask yourself, okay, how can I apply that in my life today? Or why do I have a hard time applying that in my life today, right? So like I remember back, John, when I was um, just getting started in the business, my competition was poverty, man. Poverty. Like I just hated. I hated with the effing passion, like with, with every bone in my body, I hated you know, as, as a high school kid, being that kid that didn't have any money for food and that had to go get the damn public food. You know what I'm telling you? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Right. And, and I hated that. And I hated guys. I hate, like, I, like, I, like it drove me crazy. I hated knowing that I had to walk home to like a two bedroom apartment every day where I knew people out there in this universe and in this planet were going into beautiful homes. Like I hated that. So when I finally sunk my teeth around getting my license, guys, I know people it takes nine months to get their license. I got my license like in 60 days, like fast, like immediate. I sold my, house, my first house 60 days after that, and I closed 28 transactions my first year. Why? Because of what John's telling you guys. Please listen. Because I used certain triggers and certain fuels to fire the competitiveness in me to get my family out of our situation. And that's what he's trying to tell you. What he's trying to tell you is, you know, maybe it's a naysayer. Maybe it's somebody that told you no. Maybe it's uh, your circumstance right now. All of that is great and dandy. You just got two questions to answer. Number one, are you okay with it? And number two, if you're not, what the hell are you going to do about it? Right. That's all there is to it. Would you agree? Absolutely agree. Mm. And I can see that in you, Danny. Every time we see each other, I can see that fire. I can feel that fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why I appreciate you so much. Well, I appreciate that about you too, my friend, because uh, that's, uh, that, that, that's something that transcends personality types. That's something that transcends location. That's something that transcends, transcends ethnicity. There's, that's something that transcends race. There's something that transcends everything. That, that, that's a spirit. That's something that you got to learn to buy into. Uh, you, you know, obviously you could feel the passion in me, but I just really believe once you stop accepting failure and once you stop accepting mediocrity, that's when your world will change forever, you know. Um, and so, John, let's, let's, I don't, I don't want to forget, you know, the, the first one was um, uh, accountability. The second one was time management. And the third one was consistency. Consistency you know, and uh, persistence was the last one. Okay, persistence was the last one, and so um, what keeps you persistent? And I'm and I'm gonna and I'm gonna challenge you here because you know you're 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 approaching a level in the business where once you get to a hundred, you know there's not many people that reach two hundred, and the reason the reason why there's not many people that reach a hundred is because there's not many people that get past fifty. Because what happens and starts happening, guys, is that the, the, the money starts coming in. And the money starts coming in. And if you're, you're motivated by money, if your money ceiling, right, if this is the ceiling, if your money ceiling is half a million bucks, you'll be stuck at half a million bucks for your entire life. You could try. You can, you can, you can pray. You could burn candles. You can do whatever you want. You ain't going to get past that ceiling. 
And so, John, what is going to cause you to say persistent, even now that you hit that 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 number that you've been wanting to hit so hard, which was the hundred? Yeah, being persistent for me is is just one of my things, and um, I've always been, you know, after I've been burned, I've come back way stronger. Hmm. Right. And uh, one of the things to stay persistent is to stay out of complacency at all times. So, I'm, again, I'm constantly trying to find the triggers to keep me motivated. Right? If I'm feeling down, um, I'll be honest. I mean, there are days I feel like giving up. Hmm. Right? But I just have to find that, uh, that trigger every single day to keep me going. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, and it's, it's, thank you for sharing that um, because it's great to hear people that are succeeding at a high level. I mean, to put this in perspective, guys, John has 30 plus transactions coming into the year, M meaning meaning th those were coming in January 1st. Right. And that's because of the momentum he built. Guys, I hope you're hearing this four and a half hours a day. That's because of the momentum he built uh, October, November and December. Right. That's the way the business works. Right. And so for some of you guys, you're having to play catch up right now because November, December, you weren't persistent. You weren't consistent. You weren't even working. Hell, you were hibernating somewhere like, I don't know, sipping on a pina colada or, 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 or something like that. Right. But that's why he's getting these rewards right now is because of the fact that he was consistent October, November, December. So, yeah. John, what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, and just, just to add to that as well, I have not missed a prospecting day since two thousand end of 2012. Holy moly. So 2012, I was doing 35 contacts, and then you know every year I added five contacts. And uh, last year, I added the most, uh, jumping from like 40 to 50. Hmm. Right? And based on how many listings I was taking and contacts per listing taken, I knew I had to do 50, and that's what I'm going to do. And uh, if Tony Smith retires, I'm going to take his title. Yeah. Yeah. So how, speaking of that, how, 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 how much do you have to go? Like how many years? I don't know. It might be 20. <laughs> wow. That's a but, lot. Uh, no, I, I'm, I'm just joking about Tony. He, he's absolutely my, my idol because he was uh, the guy that gave me hope that amiables can make it. Can make it. Right. Yeah. So which are you, an amiable or, a, or an analytical? Well, Mike says it's, it's not what you think you are. It's okay. how people see you are. I thought I was amiable for the longest time. I obviously was confused. And when Mike told me I was analytical, I said, sure, that's what I am. Got it, got it. So, John, I have that same belief. What the coach says, I do. Yes. And you really, I mean, I don't have an issue with ego because I just, I want to grow. Growing is more important to me than being right. Correct. And, and I want you guys to write that one down. Growing has to become more important to you than being right. What is it about you or, or where did you learn that from? There's a humility there, right? Even though we're talking about kicking butt and taking names and so forth and so on, it's like when it comes time to listen to the coach, just like when it comes, you know, Mike, Mike sends me these long emails sometimes and where he's like breaking down my business and my company and where we're headed and what we're doing and what we're doing right and what we're doing wrong. wrong. And all I say is, you're right. Tell me what to do. Very simple. That's right. Right. Where, where do you get that coachability from? Just knowing that there's always somebody out there that's doing more. Um, you can always learn more. And, you know, I, I think it was Alex Lair that I listened to. Uh, don't think you're that great. Yep. Right. And again, there's so much, so many other people that are doing way more than you. So, you know, keep your eyes open and 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 um, always, always be learning. Always yeah. be getting better. And if you think I know it, it's over. It's over. Right. So when coach tells me to do something that I you know that I don't know about, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. Yeah. Say okay. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Got it. John, um, any. Any, I'm, I'm going to go on Instagram right now. By the way, if you're not following me right now, go to Instagram.com backslash and just look for Danny Morell. Um, and then for, for all of our live Facebook sessions, which, which most of the time are at 5 a.m. in the morning in my garage, and I'm just ranting and, and, and sharing some stuff, uh, Facebook.com backslash Danny.Morell.page. Um, but, John, um, I'm, I'm going to go there to see if there are questions from the public because I, I went ahead and I posted on there. 
but what are some final thoughts to some of the listeners out there that that might be struggling with that level of consistency and persistence? How can they become a little bit more consistent and persistent? Yeah, you know, I, I had a rough time to be honest with you. Um, end of 2016, coming into 17, results just weren't happening. Really? And you know, I, I, I always attach my ego to the amount of deals that I was doing. And for the first uh, two weeks of the year, I honestly, I was like, should I quit? Really? Yeah. And um, I kept listening to people. I, I think people were always saying the same things and you just pick it up, pick up different things at different levels in your business and your personal growth. And so this time what I heard was, Accept reality. Accept, right? rea accept, accept reality. reality. Right? And keep doing what you're doing day in, day out. Right? The highs and lows don't matter. It's your daily action and your persistence again. Mm. Right? If you get through it and you keep doing what you're doing, it's going to average out. Right. Got it. And like Mike says, show up, pay attention. Again, don't be attached to the outcome. And I was, I was in, in first two weeks in, uh, in January, I was so attached because I was thinking, man, I did, I had my best year. What am I gonna do right now? Right. And I wasn't producing. Really. I was really attached to the outcome, and it, and and then I started changing it. I started just letting it go, accepting what is, doing what I'm supposed to do every single day, and let it go. I love it. I love it. Okay. Okay. And that seems, that just seems very, very simple. It seems very simple. It's, it's easier said than done. Okay. I got you. Mine is a terrifying place. It really is. It really yeah. is. All right. Well, John, I, I, we do have a couple of questions. So, um, so listen, I've got a question here from Chevy riding high on Instagram. You got to love these Instagram names. Chevy riding high asks daily routine. What does your daily routine look like? So daily. you 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 mentioned up until four o'clock. Yeah. So you had already mentioned that. What happens after that? Well, honestly, that's my problem there. I want to end that four, but I never end that four. Okay. I usually stay till seven. Right. If it's appointments or if it's more prospecting, more lead follow up, I'm doing something at the office. Okay, got it. And I like to slot my listing presentations 11, 2, and 4 if possible. Oh. But you know, it never, it never really is that early and some people want to meet at 7. Yeah, yeah, got That's it. where I need to draw the boundaries. And I was listening to uh, Anthony this morning. Right. And he doesn't work weekends. No. I work six days a week and I work 7 to 7. Oh, no, John, you got to cut that out, dude. I know. Yeah. I know. So, so, so that's... That's my challenge, and I need accountability behind it. Okay, so let me help you with that. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll give you a little coaching here because uh, because obviously, uh, you know, uh, Anthony's blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed to have him in my life. He's blessed to have me in his life. Obviously, and we're always just you know helping each other here. But the the way this happened is because he saw me as an agent. You you got to remember something. I I I, I practically raised him. And, right. and so he saw my life. He saw me in the two bedroom apartment broke to a 6,000 square foot house at the top of the hill. Like he, he, he just, he was there for the entire ride. He saw the price that needed to be paid, but also he saw the fact that my standards were so high for my quality of living that once I decided, cause that's step number one, John, does it, in other words, you need to start thinking of working on weekends. Like you're failing the game. I'm going to write that down. Yeah. Th that's how I want you to start w thinking about working on the weekends. You know why, John? Because everybody works the damn weekends. That's why. Okay. You want to be so special. You want to be such a badass that you are outproducing everybody. And on top of that, you don't work the weekends. Oh, okay. See, that'll really piss people off. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yes. Right. You think if you think about it that way, and so that's the game that I would play. I would say I want to just, I, I just want to beat everybody. So what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? I know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do five times the business, and I'm never gonna work a weekend. 
that's the goal. So then I would say, okay, all right, all right, okay, that sounds great, but okay, right now most of my business is on the weekend, so how do I do this? And I write, okay, I'm going to make a commitment from now on, no matter what happens, nothing past Sunday at 12 p.m., nothing. And then it became nothing, not a single hour worked past Saturday at 7 p.m. And then it became nothing happens past Saturday, 12 p.m. And then it became nothing past Friday, 4 p.m. And then, John, at one point in time in my career, I literally was working four and a half days a week because I would come in on Fridays just to just kind of straighten things out and do so forth and so on, and, and, and that was it. And so to me, it's like abnormal to work on the weekends because I simply will not do it. Because it means that I'm not playing the game at a big enough level Monday through Thursday to be able to have my cake and eat it too. And that's really winning, John. Really winning is having your cake and eating it too. Really winning, my friend, is closing 100 deals a year and not working on the weekends. Because your wife deserves time with you. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, she, she, she does. She's out there, so I, I hope she didn't hear you. Yeah, she really <laughs> does, you know, and so so that's where you've got to, it, it's not about balance. Forget balance. Balance is fake. It's about making decisions, understanding who you're meant to be, and understanding that it's kind of funny the way it happens, man, but once you start putting that pressure on yourselves that you're never going to work a weekend again, it's like you'll accomplish more during the week. Right. So, does that make sense? Yeah, thank you for that and great, great coaching. I really appreciate it. And that comes uh, to mind. One thing is the self worth that I'm working on. That's right, baby. The self confidence, the self esteem. That's right. My worthwhile to not work weekends and do the the production that I want to do. And the answer is yes. Okay, thank you. The answer you. is yes. The answer is maybe not for everybody else because nobody else pays the price at the level that you do. But for you, the answer is yes, absolutely. For you, the answer is, you see, John, here's how it started for me. I wrote out like my ideal vision for my week. And in that story of my ideal vision, it was Friday afternoon at 2 p.m. And I hopped in our private helicopter with my wife and my kids. And we flew off into the sunset because we were going to the mountains for the weekend. So you see, when 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 I wrote that out, that became my new normal. Because in my brain, and I'll tell you a little bit about myself, the reason why um, you know, things happen pretty quickly for me is I decide what the fantasy would be like, and I just grab onto it and make it my new normal. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like, like, like this year, I'm working on private jet, private jet, private jet, private jet, right? Well, in, I don't need a private jet because the company is all here in Southern California. Right. Well, all of a sudden, we have our first franchise open up in Central California, had a conversation today with someone in Michigan that wants to open up, had a conversation with someone in Northern California that wants to open up, have a conversation with somebody in Arizona, and it doesn't mean that I'm going to take all the opportunities, but it's just because of that conversation, private jet, private jet, private jet. So I just keep visualizing the airplane landing, and I take the fantasy, and I make it reality. Amazing. Sound good? It sounds very good. Yeah? All right. Here's another question, man. Here's another question. Uh, so we're back on Instagram now. Let me see. John, I'm having fun on this conversation, buddy. Likewise. Yeah. Say, uh, Carol Perez. Carol Perez writes, how do you maintain a relationship with past clients? Um, and uh, what's your number one lead generator? And obviously lead generator for you is prospecting. But how do you maintain a relationship with past clients? That's such a great question, and, and I think she she probably knows, uh, well, I'm, I'm all about COI and past clients. Last year, it was 57% wow. of all my business. Um, on top of calling them quarterly, which Mike tells us to do, I mail them quarterly. Right. Email blasts every single month, and I just treat them like gold. Yes. Right, and um, always calling them not to... I'll be honest, I don't follow the script every single time and ask them a referral. Right. I always call them, though, to provide them with some value, some market updates. And to connect. To connect. Yeah. Yeah, and just be really authentic. And um, and at the end of the conversation, they'll ask you, hey, how's business? How yes. Yes. Hey, it, it's just natural. I love it. And I just did my first client party. You can probably see it on Facebook. Uh-huh. It was a lot of fun. And... Um, it just shows them that you care about them. I love it. Okay. Yeah. 
Fantastic. All right, so here we go. Here's another, the final Instagram question. This is from Ghassan Shalabi. What's your go-to lead generation tactic? How do you feel about the current shift to internet marketing by realtors? Do you agree or disagree? We got to figure out that, get real clear that internet, social media, um, email blasts, all that stuff is passive and indirect. Okay. I, I get it, but the best is face-to-face -face and phones. You know that, got right? It. That's yep. direct, but yep. you got to have them all. Yeah. Right? It'll hurt you if you don't have social media and all that good stuff. You, you got to get that going on, which is great. Right. But if you don't call, that's it, it, crap. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. John, it's funny because, you know, people, uh, you know, in, in the MFO world bug me all the time because I'm always on Facebook or whatever. If used correctly, when you do pick up the phone, it's it's done. It's handled right right then and there. Because especially if you're providing, like Gary V says, if you're providing great value, people can see that you, you genuinely know what you're talking about in your desired profession. And right. people will choose to use you definitely. By the way, uh, um, uh, John, I, I got to ask you this question because Gassan is a guy, Gassan, I hope you're listening, but he literally works for some rinky-dink office right down the street. <laughs> so I just have to know, if you were in Rancho Cucamonga, where would you be working and why? I 100%. If you were in Canada, I'd join you. So Gassan, join Danny. Like, like how fast? Dude, like right now, sign up. Like, you got to be smoking crack to live anywhere close to one of our offices and not be working at Intero, right? Honestly. Okay. That's, I just wanted to verify that. Yes, sir. I just wanted to verify that. All right. So here we go. Now I'm on my Facebook page. Uh, John, you having fun? Absolutely. Thank you. All right. So now I'm on Facebook here. And let's see here. I'm going to go ahead and let's see. Okay. So Uriel Ojeda. Our buddy Uriel. Uriel says, how do you determine who to get business advice from or coaching from? With so many so-called industry coaches, it's starting to get out of hand. That's a great question. Absolutely. So how did you, I know it's obviously Mike, but how do you determine that? Or how did you determine that? Well, I'm all Mike. I don't go anywhere else in terms of real estate, uh, you know, coaching. But in terms of other stuff, like, it, it, you know, maybe, well, obviously, like I go, I would go to Tony Robbins for my yeah. health and energy and diet or whatever. Uh, I'll learn something from, from, from him. And then whoever's the best in that type of person, Bingo. personal growth, I'd go there. Bingo. Right. Bingo. Yeah. So is the answer very simply, I just go with the best. Go with the best. And how do you determine the best? The results? Well, again, it's everything came out of Mike. Yeah. All the referrals to other programs all came out of Mike. So I owe Mike everything. Right, right. Love it. Yeah. I feel the same. Absolutely yeah. the same. Absolutely. Okay, great. Final questions from Wendy Junk. Wendy says, I remember you saying you had issues calling your past clients and COI. How did you get over it? I got over it faster by actually following the script more. Okay. And being analytical and amiable, I hate that awkwardness. Hey, how you doing? It's John calling. Oh, I just wanted to check in. How are the kids? How's the family? And then I go into, oh, by the way. Right. Um, <laughs> do you guys know anybody? Yeah, yeah. Now it's it's like real quick, real quick call about real estate. It's John Sai. How you doing? Yeah. Won't take too much of your time. Wanted to ask to see who do you know? Right. Get right into it. Okay, Get good. awkwardness out of the way, okay. and then I, I can be myself, the amiable, analytical guy. Okay, gotcha. It's hard the family. Yeah, yeah, I gotcha. So switch it around. And that really helped me in my mindset to get over it. I still sweat. I still feel really awkward. I still sometimes, for some clients, have to go into the back room to call. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I do it. Okay, I love it. I love it. And then final question. Wendy again asks, 38 pending. What's the system with updating and staying in communication with current clients? Do you have a certain time block for them? And uh, what, does I, what does that look like for you? So out of the 38, it's, it, 22 of them are in one building. And it's what we call an assembly. So actually from the 38, um, uh, the other, uh, it's not 38, but the, the rest of them 
Right. Um, I do call them. I pull up my numbers analyzer and I go to the pendings and I call them down the list mm -hmm. and say, you know, are we still on track? Do you have any questions for me? Mm -hmm. And by the way, while I have you on the phone, who do you know right now that we can help? Always asking for referrals. Always asking. Yeah, so Wendy, what that would look like is, uh, and you know this, we, we built a software for our agents in where, you know, if, if they just can tag people in escrow, then it provides a list of all of the contacts that they have that are in escrow. And what would you say? How often would you call them? I call them for, for my pendings at least every week. Okay. Yeah. Okay. If they're far out, uh, well, usually our pendings don't go three to four or five months out, okay. maybe two months, right? So uh, if it's longer than that, every other week. Got it. Make it a point to check in to see if they had any questions for me. Right. If there's anything I can do for them. Got it. Love it, love it. John, that was 50 minutes, my friend. Wow. Flew by. It did, huh? Thank you. This that, was so much fun. <laughs> yeah, that's what, yeah, that's one of the things about these shows that I really love and appreciate is that when you're having a great time, uh, time just literally flies. So I want to bless you with an enormous amount of uh, referrals because I don't know of anybody in Canada other than you. So you're going to be our Canada go-to person. So how do our listeners get a hold of you? How do they track you down? Um, uh, yeah, how, 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 do they, how do they contact you? Okay, so my number is 1-604-603-0277. Okay. Okay. That's my direct cell phone. Okay. And you can search for me, John Sai, on social media. Um, Facebook, John Side, Rennie and Associates Real Estate. That's R E N N I E. You can find me there. Got it. And my email, it's my first initial last name, J T S A I, at Rennie.com. R E N N I E.com. Got it. Love it. Any final thoughts? Well, what really clicked with me again is. Focus on your daily action. Yeah. Stay committed, but stay detached from the outcome. Yeah. That's my motto for the year. I'm just going to keep going, put my head down. If I'm going to go down, I'm going to go down swinging, put in my mouth guard, and just keep swinging. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and you're going to go down not working any weekends anymore. Thank you, sir. Thank you for that. You got it, my man. Appreciate it. it. All right, guys. That's a wrap. Uh, make sure to go into iTunes and give us a five-star rating or above. And for those of you that are out there in Canada right now that are just finding out about the show, listen, and I, I, I mean this sincere, sincerely, you've just missed 45-plus phenomenal episodes. I would recommend that you go to realestatesalesshow.com right now and literally just start at the first one and start listening because there's so much value. Uh, people message me all the time like, so what should I do? Or what advice do you have? Honest to God, the best advice I have for anybody listening to this program right now is very simple. Go listen to every single episode that we've ever had because all your answers are in there because we've got great people like John helping you out. So on behalf of John, myself, our team that's constantly putting these shows together, want to say thank you. And we'll see you next week with another great episode of the Real Estate Sales Show. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you.